I do want to share from the Word of God this morning, and I pray that the Lord will use this Word to minister to your heart. I'm going to, if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you have your Bible on your lap, or if you have it on your electronic device, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm going to read two verses of Scripture there. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, they're temporary. Thank God. But the things which are not seen, those are the things that are eternal. I also want to read to you a verse of scripture from Romans chapter 8. And it says these words in verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Thank God for the promises of his word. Would you pray with me today, Father? I come to you now to share the word. I'm not going to be trendy today, Lord. I'm going to follow the direction of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would speak truth into our hearts and into our lives. We glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you for your word. Anoint with your spirit right now, I pray, and every ear to hear, in Jesus' name, amen. Seems to be a question that <clears throat> many people are asking, why God? As your pastor and as your friend, I have tried with the help of the Lord over the last couple of weeks to encourage you in this crisis that we find ourselves in. We've tried to admonish through the scripture to walk by faith, not by fear, not by fret, not by even facts. After all, it is our faith that overcomes the world. Last Sunday we talked about this is a divine appointment for us right now. It's affecting every single person in the world. But while it is a divine appointment, we, we know that Jesus is praying for us. We also know that he leaves the throne room of heaven where he prays for us and he comes to us where we are to help us during our times of crisis. And I want to be an encourager to you, but I got to be honest with you, for the last several days, the Lord has, has really been dealing with my heart in a very different way. While stirring hope and igniting faith and is what we should be doing from the pulpit, from the stage, communication with each other, there is a glaring element of truth that we cannot afford to let slip away from us. 
Again, I've been posed the question myself to me, and I've also posed it myself in prayer. Why, God, is this happening? Now, I haven't had a vision. I haven't had a dream. Much like Amos in the Old Testament, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian that is asking questions and not completely certain of the answers. But I have asked, why God? Is this happening? Is it because since 1980, 1.5 billion babies have been aborted worldwide and over 61 million babies have died in the United States since 1972, Roe versus Wade. My heart was broken as I was online the other day, literally watching for the first time an abortion counter. And that abortion counter clicked every two seconds. Every two to three seconds, it is estimated that another abortion is performed as if they are simply a statistic. When my Bible tells me that every child is fearfully and wonderfully made, every child has a right <clears throat> to live in this world that God has created for them. Why God? Is it because the LGBTQ community have been embraced globally and is picking up speed, demanding a voice and demanding their rights be heard, their lifestyle, which is in clear violation of scripture. Why God? Is it because for 57 years or 10,260 school days, there has been no prayer in public schools? Why God? Is it because same-sex marriage just in our country this coming June, five years ago, is now widely accepted even though the scripture is clear in the Old and the New Testament that same-sex marriage is an abomination unto the Lord? Why God? Is it because 60% of our country is now filled with air pollution? not counting ground pollution, and yet God, I believe, holds us accountable to take care of this beautiful earth He has blessed us with. Why, God? Is it because sports betting is now on the verge of being nationwide, now displaying more than ever in our history the greed and the love of money that is found in mankind? Why, God? There clearly, obviously, is no longer a Sabbath, even though it is clear in the Scripture that God sent a whole nation of Israel into captivity for 70 years so the land could enjoy the Sabbaths as He had commanded. Because the principle of Sabbath began with God and it ends with God. The principle of Sabbath began with God and it is an eternal principle. We are all asking the question today, why, God? This is the truth. This is going to be hard for you to hear. It's going to be hard for you to ingest. But God either sent the coronavirus 
or he allowed the coronavirus to come. People are saying the devil did this to us. People are saying China did this to us. By September of this year, it will be the president's fault because it's the world of politics. Anything for a vote. And gullible people will believe that our commander-in-chief brought this upon us. But I'm here to declare loud and clear that this has not happened without God's authorization or permission. God is sovereign. God is in control. And what I want to share from this pulpit today is that God is a merciful God. In fact, the Bible says that His compassions fail not, that His mercies are new every single morning. But I'm telling you, He is looking to a corrupt world that He loves dearly, and He is asking for repentance and a relationship. I tell you, He is a merciful and a gracious God, but He is looking to a globally compromising church, a church he launched 2,000 years ago that he loves dearly and is asking for repentance and a recommitment to him and the holy God that he is. While God is compassionate, friend, he is also just. While God is merciful, he is also righteous. While God is love, and that's clearly spelled out in the Word of God in 1 John, He is also holy, and that is also spelled out in the Old and the New Testament. And yes, maybe it comes as a surprise to you, but God does get angry. And yes, God even has regrets. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, Verse 5 and 6, the evil was so profound in the world. And the Bible says God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the scripture says, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. Friend, that is the word of God. You know, on June 5th, 2009, nearly 11 years ago, there was a virus that actually originated in the United States, according to my research, and it was called the H1N1 virus. That virus infected 18,000 people in our United States country. And of those 18,000 people, 12,469 of them passed away. They died. That is 69% of the people that caught that virus. Brothers and sisters that are listening today, friends that do not know Jesus or have grown cold in the Lord and strayed from the Lord, I'm telling you, this is no accident. This is not a coincidence. This is God in His mercy awakening your spiritual senses to your need for Him. Now I understand, I understand that there are many that may be thinking, this is not mercy. How can a loving God do this? This is more like judgment. I'm telling you, there is much more mercy being displayed right now than there is judgment. I'm here to tell you there is much more patience than is being displayed than there is punishment. Because Jesus so longs 
to spend eternity with you. That great measures are put in place to awaken us to our need for a Savior and to our surrender to Him. I read this this week and I don't know if it's truth or speculation, quite frankly, but it certainly puts things into context. Especially here in the United States where I live, so I know most about. But it was powerful. God said, you want to worship athletes? I'll shut down your stadiums. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down your civic centers. You want to worship actors? I will shut down your theaters. You want to worship money? I'll shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me? I will make it where you cannot go to church. What we perceive as judgment. It's God's, could it be that it's God's last shred of mercy to us? Lot and his family were living in wicked cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. The warning was given. They had to get out. God was raining fire and brimstone down on the city. Some would say that was judgment. But Lot, because of the intercessions and prayers of his uncle Abraham, he was spared. The angels came to him and they pleaded with him, Lot, it's time to go, it's time to go. Tell your wife, tell your girls, it's time to go. Tell your son-in-laws, it's time to go. The flames of judgment were coming down upon the cities. And I'm always captured in the book of Genesis when I read this. And while Lot and his family lingered, the scripture says the angels of judgment took him by the hand. The Lord being merciful to him and his family. That last shred of mercy. That last wake-up call. <laughs> Here's truth. Our God is a jealous God. He will not share his glory with another. Maybe that's not what you were expecting when you tuned in this morning. But it's truth. We're bookending the services with some hope through some great music, some great singing, and I know you enjoyed it. I certainly did. But in the middle of those bookends of hope, I would be wrong if I didn't share with you the absolute truth of the Word of God. So thank you, church family, friends, for allowing me to share some sobering truth. And I, and, and, and I, I want to ask you, I want you to share this. I don't do this a lot, and I know some of you do it already, but this is important. I'm gonna ask you to share this message to your Facebook page, because you have unsaved family. You have backslidden friends. You have those in your life 
that need to be awakened spiritually and they're so consumed with the temporary the discomfort that they find themselves in the worry and the angst about what's happening in the here and now and God is saying I want to awaken them to what's happening eternally not just temporarily so please I, I, I there's a constraining in my spirit that it's imperative to get this message to get this service out finally let me leave you with the words of the Apostle Paul this is affliction that is true but it is a very light affliction and only for a moment <laughs> in a vapor in time somehow some way for the child of God it is working for you and it's working in you an exceeding weight of eternal glory furthermore as everyone on this stage would agree we hope it ends soon that our suffering will be minimal but just remember that the suffering that we find ourselves in along with all the suffering that we have endured as child of as children of God will be nothing in comparison to the first moment that we are in his glory when we go home to be with the Lord but that's why Paul wrote for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us I'm so thankful that I have the blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. We're going to leave this with you.